You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. We devalue broken things, but God doesn't. God places great value in brokenness. And I love it when David says that God does not despise a broken and a contrite heart, that a broken heart is the sacrifice that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. King David deliberately sinned, and now he's confronted for his lack of repentance. Pastor J.D. will teach what happens when David finally confesses his sin. He's completely broken, but it's in your brokenness that you experience God in a way like never before. He meets you there. God values your broken heart as a pleasing sacrifice to Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 51 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. David would almost be seen as a hero because after Uriah is killed in battle, that's as far as everybody's concerned, he was killed in battle, casualty of war. So he's now seen as a hero because he's going to marry this newly widowed Bathsheba. Wow, what a king. Well, fast forward nine months later. God, in His grace and mercy, and please see it as the grace and mercy of God, in sending Nathan the prophet to David. David loved Nathan. David was very close to Nathan. And God used Nathan as the vessel in David's life. Let me take it a step further and suggest that Nathan is a type of the Holy Spirit. And God in His grace and His mercy will send the greater than Nathan to us by way of the Holy Spirit to convict us, not condemn, convict us of our sin. And please know that at the time that, and God knows this, God's timing is perfect, God knows what nobody could know because God sees the heart and God knows that David is dying inside. He's drying up inside. And he knows that now is the time to send Nathan. And so he does. And we pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 12. I want to read verses 1 through 9 and then verses 13 and 14. It says, Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except 
one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Really? Isn't it interesting how much worse our sin looks on somebody else? I'm sorry, I pointed over here already. I didn't mean that, but you know. No, but that's true. My, my, my sin looks a lot worse on you than it does on me, right? You, you feel my pain, right? Can we talk? Let's be honest. He is incensed. This is unthinkable. Surely he shall be put to death. This man shall surely die. To which Nathan responds, You are the man. I can't even begin to imagine the piercing in David's heart when he heard those words. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. In verse 13 we have David's response. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I see David as being a very emotional man very passionate man, very intense personality. I would venture to say that there were tears, not just streaming down his face, but they were burning as they streamed down his face. I've sinned against the Lord. 
That's all he said. Those six words. Now listen to what Nathan says to David. The Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. You should die. Apparently you said this man should die, and you're that man that should die. But you shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, that's interesting. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. That child's about to be born too. We're nine months into the pregnancy, and David knows it. It's really quite a, a powerful account. You know, to David's credit, and I think it's important to note, he would never repeat this sin again for the rest of his life. He would suffer the consequences of this sin for the rest of his life, but he would never sin this sin again for the rest of his life. Well, this brings us to Psalm 51. I appreciate your patience. Thank you for indulging me. I think it's so important to understand the intensity and the enormity of the emotions. Because see, in 2 Samuel, we're told what happened. But here in Psalm 51, we see what happened in David's heart. Again, this is a man who had a heart after God's own heart. So what I want to do is read through the psalm in its entirety and then draw from it the personal application concerning specifically brokenness. We're told as to the chief musician, as many of the Psalms of David were, and this is a Psalm of David, and it's when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now understand the difference between sin and transgression. Sin is missing the mark, falling short. Transgression is deliberately, knowingly disobeying the law of God, transgressing the law of God. In other words, you know it's wrong, but you do it anyway. That's what a transgression is. And so he says, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly, verse 2, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You have all three there, sin, iniquity, and transgression. Verse 4 is interesting. He says, against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. 
Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me, verse 7, with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness. And here it is, notice, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Kind of gives you a little glimpse into how David felt long had it been since he heard joy. Long had it been since he tasted from the cup of gladness. His bones were drying up within him. He was broken inside, and long ago, at least nine months ago, that's the last time he can remember having any joy or rejoicing. Verse 9, this is um, kind of picturesque, I guess, for lack of a better word. He says, hide your face from my sins. I said, don't even look at me. And blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Some of your translations render it a right spirit, a righteous spirit. Do not cast me away from your presence and Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. We'll come back to that. That's a subject of debate, verse 11. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then, verse 13, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, speaking of the murder. The blood is on his hands. The God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. And then he says this, verse 16, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. I think I would be grossly remiss if I didn't mention 
that the best teaching, bar none, that I've ever heard on Psalm 51 comes from one of my all-time favorite Bible teachers, Damian Kyle. He's the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Modesto, California. It's been, I think, some 20-some-odd uh, years now uh, when I first heard him teach Psalm 51. It happened to be at a pastor's conference in California at the time. It was so good that I, I know there were many that encouraged him to make this particular teaching available. So Calvary Chapel Modesto in California put together a audio CD that you can actually get on Amazon along with the booklet that goes with it. Again, I, I'm just sharing with you that which has been a huge blessing in my life. I'm not exaggerating when I, when I say this. Over the years... I have uh, listened to and been blessed by this teaching some 50 to probably, I lost count, probably even a hundred times. And I just listened to it again uh, this last week in anticipation of teaching uh, Psalm 51. But he talks uh, very poignantly about the beauty of brokenness, the place of brokenness in the life of a believer. And it really goes against everything that we hold true when it comes to brokenness because we devalue broken things. But God doesn't. God places great value in brokenness. And I love it when David says that God does not despise a broken and a contrite heart, that a broken heart is the sacrifice that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Well, I want to share with you what God has ministered to me over the years as it relates to brokenness. I have to say that while those seasons of brokenness in my life were very painful and very difficult, I would never trade the closeness that I had with the Lord during those times for anything. I don't want to necessarily have to go through them again, but I would never trade what God did in my life because of them. It's been called the dark night of the soul, that anguish in the soul, but God. I love Psalm 30 verse 5. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but God brings joy in the morning. This is one of the things I'm learning, is that brokenness brings us closer to God in ways that we could not otherwise know. It's only in and through that brokenness. It's when God has us all to himself <laughs> that he's able to do that deep work in our hearts that he could not otherwise do. As I look back over those many dark nights of the soul in my life where it was just me and him, it's been said, I, I think it was Corey Ten Boom famously said once, 
that you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when you come to the end of yourself and you're just utterly broken, and it doesn't necessarily have to be because of some grievous sin like it was for David. It could be just something through no fault of your own, out of your control, that has come upon you, that God has allowed to happen to you. It can be through a family member. It can be through that son, through that daughter, through that wife even, through that husband even. And you're just broken. And it's in those times when you realize that you're never closer to the Lord than you are at that moment. And He's there for you. He does not hold it against you. I I think it was Oswald Chambers that said that God never faults a man for despair. God never casts us away or turns us down when we come to Him and we're down and we don't know what to do. The situation is so hopeless. We see no way that any good can come from it. It is utterly impossible. One of the most difficult times in my life was when our daughter Noel died. That was a a time of brokenness, not because of grievous sin, But it was just one of those things, you know, we're not exempt in this fallen world. And it was during that time that I was the closest that I had ever been to the Lord. And again, as painful as it was, I would never trade it for anything. To this day, some 13 years later, we would have celebrated our 13th birthday this year. I still think about what she would have been like as a teenager. (laughs) We got one that's going to be a teenager pretty soon, so I won't have to think about it very long. But (laughs) I just kind of think, what what would her personality have been like if she didn't have trisomy 18 and she lived and didn't die? And so all of those thoughts go through your mind, but the one thing that will never leave your mind is the deep work that God did in your heart and mind in and through that brokenness. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 